Snowball Spa. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Garrison Financial Friday out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. We can get into all kinds of different topics. Major League Baseball second half will get started tonight. We hit some of that. You know, Jared and I are not going to be here. Well, Jared's not going to be here all next week. I'm not going to be here until Thursday. So should we... I know you're not prepared for this, and I just literally thought of it. Does that mean we need to make our British Open picks today? Oh, my God. Because when we... Is that is that next week? Yeah. Well, I guess. Or maybe let me scramble. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Even though part of the first round will be done when I hit the airwaves again on Thursday, I'll allow you to text in your picks okay. sometime between now and then, and then read them off. Okay. In my best Jared impersonation voice. Oh, don't even try that. Come on. Come on. <laughs> About called you a word I can't say. <laughs> oh, that'd have been. Uh, and uh, the show's done. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it doesn't matter what our picks uh, are. We fine. won't be back on the air. We're not again. on the FM anyways. So we can say whatever the hell we want right now. <laughs> That's true. Uh, anyhow, uh, we'll, we'll do that. I'll. Uh, we'll do that uh, later. We'll do that next week. Uh, so we don't have to. We don't have to worry about okay. that. I got enough on my plate. I'm trying to get stuff done before vacation. Big 12 media days wrapped up yesterday. Uh, Oklahoma was one of the teams represented. Uh, just kind of your thoughts about uh, what Britt Venables had to say, how he said it, the way he looked as he was saying it. I, I had – I never really – I mean, outside of just kind of some generic reasons, you know, guys are getting better, and, and maybe that's – I just needed a different answer, but when he tells you that when he and he says the defense will be better, I'd like to specifically know what you think that means. Why? Here's a question that popped into my mind this morning: Who's the best player in the Big Twelve, regardless of position? Mm-hmm. Who is the best player in the league? And then uh, after we've heard from everybody who's too low, maybe who's too high in those preseason rankings, and then I want you to look into your crystal ball and tell me that when 2025 rolls around, how many will be in the Big 12 and maybe even who could the new ones be? Uh, Quade Cummins in the hunt out in the Cordon Ferry Tour Tournament in Colorado. Also, sometime at the end of next week when I get back, uh, we're going to get Ryder Cowan on. He's got some time at the end of next week uh, before he, you know, his schedule kicks back in the week after that. Cool. Uh, so he's going to be able to uh, to carve out some time Thursday or Friday. Um, I'll let you know uh, when that will be. Uh, but uh, a hectic, busy schedule as he finishes out the summer and then also, of course, prepares uh, for his first season at OU. So he's going to be able to to come on into next week whenever uh, whenever I get back. Uh, he has some time then. Uh, so we'll pick his brain. Hopefully at that point he will already have qualified for the USAM, and then he's going to be getting ready to go to Cherry Hills in Denver to do that as well. So good stuff there. Uh, where are you going? Where am I going? And we know our audience is awesome at all kinds of different things. <clears throat> Hopefully they can share some ideas of what to do and where to eat because they've been to maybe these places we're going to. How about that? I like that. Listener ideas coming up right here at the top. It is a Garrison Financial Friday. Scotty G not be not able to make it today. He had some prior engagements that he needed to take care of. So we'll tell you all about what Scott's able to offer at Garrison Financial as we move along throughout the show as well. 225-9698 is that text line to give us some recommendations of what to do as we uh, 
go our separate ways at the first of next week. 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show. You can log on to kadsam.com. You can download the app. The app's got it all. It's got radio. It's got the penny news. It has got Big Elk and Paragon TV as well. Man, when we get back, it's going to be like T-minus one month from getting it going. Try it. With the Big Elks. Need to get Zach in here as well before we get that. Well, uh, if he has time. Before we get all the way there. <clears throat> when does uh, fall camp start? That's why we need to get yeah, him in here the way we know. Get him on before that starts, yeah. That's exactly right. Um, also, Skinny on Sports Podcast is available everywhere. If you can get a podcast, you can find the Skinny on Sports Okay, Jared, how are you this morning? I'm good. Are I'm you getting excited yet, even though you fl- your flight is at 5 a.m.? You know, why, why is it when you are preparing for vacation, my anxiety level goes up? Because I'm, I was packing last night, and I'm sitting there just looking at my bag thinking, what did I forget? I feel like I'm forgetting something, especially when it's on a, you know, a, like a week-long vacation. But, yeah, I'm excited. I always enjoy some time off, especially at the beach. Hopefully it doesn't rain. It's been raining down there lately. I'm ready to go. How about you? So where are you going? I'm going to Navarre Beach. What Flo- is that? Florida. Um, you know, everybody knows where Destin's at. Everybody knows where Pensacola's at. It's right in the middle, right between them. So it's on the on the Panhandle side of uh, Florida. We'll fly into Pensacola and then drive over to, to Navarre Beach. About an hour drive. You've been there before. It's our third year in a row. We enjoyed it so much. So it's good for the kids. It's uh, it's it still has the um, the touristy stuff, you know, but it's not as busy as say Pensacola or Destin, which are great locations in their own right. But this one's a little bit less busy, but you still get that beach vacation feel. But uh, it is getting more busier. The house we've gone to the last couple of years now, there's a house being built right next to it. It's, so it's it's starting to get um, um, some attention, but. Anyways, looking forward to it. Like I said, should be fun. Nice opportunity to relax. And where are you going? We are going to Galveston. Galveston, Texas. You're a bit? Galveston, Texas. I went to Galveston, oh gosh, 15 years ago on a golf trip maybe, if not longer. But we didn't really do anything. We just played golf and then basically all day. It's back when I could actually do that. Those days have passed. <laughs> um, but we did that, and, and but we 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 did nothing like actually in the town yeah. or you know on the beach or whatever. <clears throat> so I really don't have any idea. You know, I'm flying blind into this deal. Well, that's fun though. That's the fun thing, right? And and you know, to go it's, discover things. And it's really interesting yeah. because the way that I operate most of the time, I would have already had a list of like restaurants, reading reviews, different things to do. But I I didn't even I haven't even looked until like last night to kind of see what it's all about. So yeah, I, I mean, I literally don't have any idea what we're getting ourselves into. That's fun. Like I'm still looking for new things to do in Navarre, right? Like, it, I like for instance, because you get you when you go back to the same place, you is you kind of go back to the same places. Well, I'm looking like earlier this week, I'm looking on Google Maps and looking at point of interest and stuff like that, and I realize right outside of the little neighborhood we stay in, there's a little uh, little hot dog shack where you can just get a hot dog and a beer. That's her specialty. Hot dog and a beer. It's right there in their sign. Like, how did I not know this? That is a cool... I could walk there. Get mm-hmm. myself a hot dog and a beer. Little, little, right there on the beach. So I'm going to, you know, it's a little stuff like that. And I'm hoping to re- discover some new things while I'm there. But that's the fun part about vacation is going and kind of just figuring out the area and finding new restaurants. Fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's... <clears throat> I mean, most people like to plan it out. Like today, we're doing this. To tomorrow, we're doing this. And on yeah, I'm Wednesday, not quite we're there. Doing this. 
I'm not quite there, but I do like to have an idea of what's available. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, laying on the beach and doing nothing is always going to be available there. We got this great location because we we go we stay on what's called the sound side. If you're not familiar with beach terminology, there's the Gulf side, which is the Gulf of Mexico. And the sound side is the water that's between the island and the mainland. So we're on the sound side, and it's not as rough, mm-hmm. but you still get the white sand and everything. It's it's like a lake almost, but um, still very clear, and you can still find the crabs and all that stuff. It's a lot of fun for the kids. But we're within walking distance of this place called Juana's Pagodas, which is a which has great fish tacos, mixed drinks, it's real beachy themed, mm-hmm. outdoor volleyball pits and stuff like that. Um, so every once in a while we'll just go, hey, who wants to walk down to Juana's and get some lunch? And we'll just walk down, walk down the beach to it. It's pretty neat. Yeah, that's uh, that's another cool part of the beach. I think is the you know you the living where we live. You don't. You don't get that type of food, right? Yeah, right. You'd, you when you when you're in Oklahoma, you're going to get a really good steak. When you're at the beach, get yourself some seafood. There's a restaurant, and they might have them in Galveston. Look this up. I'll look it up for you. It's called Shrimp Basket. The Shrimp Basket. And and they, you know, fried shrimp, fish, stuff like that. They'll have key lime pie, and they'll serve beer in there too. Yeah, there was shrimp and stuff. I think was one of the places I noticed last night that a lot of the folks are saying you got to go, got to go. I mean, but but see, here's the difference, I guess, between me and maybe maybe I, I didn't read the reviews all the way. But when I hear shrimp or I hear you know whatever of that that type, I, I'm not thinking fry it. I'm thinking you like it's it fresh. fresh. Uh, okay. I mean, grill it or blacken it or something like that. I'm not necessarily thinking. Let's fry up some shrimp. I did that. We can do that here. Our first year I did that. I went to a local seafood market, bought some big Yeah, gigantic prawn, big yes. shrimp. I asked the guy who was full on Cajun, by the way. I had to listen intently to hear what he had to say. How to prepare it. And he said, yeah. And that translates to put it into a foil pan. Yes. Tin pan, whatever. One can of beer. On top of the grill, stir until they're pink. Really? That was it. And it was delicious. Delicious. I like this. I like where this is headed. So anyhow, <coughs> if you got any if anybody's been to either of these places, yeah. And you have some recommendations for us, feel free to chime right in on the text line, two two five nine six nine eight. Be more than willing uh, to do that. I, I tell you what else I did this morning, Jared. Now I've got pictures. That I can add to that. So ever since we started the process or the idea that we were going to move, my Yoder smoker Uh always lived inside because when my dad died and I commandeered or, or inherited, I guess, the Yoder, the first, it, it was it had like the uh the cover uh-huh and when i i couldn't figure out how to get the cover back on oh correctly to the point that i thought i had it on right and then uh, a storm came and it blew it away God. so at that point it had to live inside because it's got some you know like computer parts yeah to be able to you know run the temperature yeah. thing yeah yeah so it always lived inside then when we decided, uh, you know what, we're going to start looking to move, well, we, we packed some things early on in that process. For one, we didn't know that it was going to take as long as it did, but anyway. And so, it had to live outside. It was one of the things that got bumped to the outside. Well, then, you know, winter weather happens, and I fired up in the in the spring, and the temperature isn't kept. The thermocouple has been eliminated oh darn so no never fear clinton has a place south of town where i could just go in and buy one right 
But then I thought to myself, okay, I'm not going to, why in the world would I replace this when it's just going to have to be outside again? At that point, the egg hadn't been smashed to pieces, so we still had something to grill with, and it just made sense to me. So now that we've moved, I've had about four shots at fixing this thing, and it just hasn't quite worked. It's pretty simple, but it's really delicate all at the same time because it's you know it's got exposed wires that have to be in a certain spot to make it work. Last night, Jared... With the help of Wyatt and Kara, we finally got the Yoder fixed. All right. And so, for our trip, J-Mac and I had been visiting since, I mean, we're going together. And he was like, you know, the, why don't we just kind of smoke some meat, take it down there with us, and then all we have to do is warm it up. We don't have to cook. Yeah. Necessarily. For a bunch of these meals, we ha- will have it ready, you know, available, and we're not, you know, it's right. just it's a lot simpler process. I said that's great. I've got a brisket from a Monty Tucker beef that I have been waiting to cook for almost a year, and by golly, Jared, that piece of meat is <laughs> on the yoder as we speak. I cannot wait. I don't know if the brisket's going to make it. I was going to say, are you cooking it too early? We're going to be picking <laughs> at it too much. I don't know if it's going to make. The whole thing is not going to make the trip because, you know, you'll have to. Now, are you driving? Yeah. Driving the oh, whole yeah. way. Leaving tomorrow morning. Stopping in Fort Worth. Um, they had, they wanted to, or everybody, I mean, listen, the triple D spots are always awesome, right? Uh, but but Kim specifically is like, let's stop at a triple D spot on the way down there. And so I started <clears throat> pulling up that map, and I found one, and I'd actually seen the episode. Oh, yeah. Because I've seen all the episodes. But uh, it was one that <laughs> I like remember. like 40 seasons. Yeah, now. it's okay. Uh, we've I've busted right through all of them. <laughs> uh, it's called Fred's Texas Cafe. It's in Fort Worth. It's The dude is like a chuck wagon looking cook. You may have seen this. He's got a cowboy hat on. Um, was it uh, Martin Sheen that happened to be in the restaurant when they were filming? You know, Gene Hackman was out there somewhere in New Mexico. I think it was Martin Sheen that was actually there. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it looks like a fun place. For those of you that are Triple D fans, it's the one where the guy, the cook kept on saying, Sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And the guy's like, you know, my friend just called me Guy. And then he said, sir, again. And he said, if you call me sir one more time, I'll put you in that pot of chili. <laughs> there is a um, – I've been really getting into this show called Bar Rescue. Yeah. And there was one episode where there was a bar rescue in, at the stockyards in Fort Worth. Oh, cool. So I'm kind of turning into, yeah, I want to go to Triple D places – but I also want to find these bar rescue mm-hmm. places, and do they hold up, or is it just for show? Does that make sense? Sure. Because Triple D, I mean, they're already great. That's why he's there. Yeah, and I mean, but you here's know? the deal. That doesn't guarantee anything. There's a bunch of those that closed down. Oh, really? Yeah, especially through COVID. Yeah. Well, the so there's, and you know, there's a lot of great hangouts and bars at Stockyards in Fort Worth. But this one, you know, he comes in, he straightens up the staff and how they do everything, and kind of renovates the bar and makes it a really good place i've always wanted to there's one so there's an episode that was in fort worth oh sweet that's that's always just cool and that's because there's another one in arlington okay i told my wife's like hey and i googled it up it's not too far away from where we're staying we go down we're going down mm-hmm. to watch a baseball game in a, about two or three weeks and she's, she's like no i just want to go to the baseball game here you go <laughs> it's like well it's not your birthday <laughs> <clears throat> if you fancy a road trip jared Go check out the Naval Museum in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, Mobile's pretty cool. I've driven through it. I've driven through it over there. Sounds like a cool, if you like that kind of thing. You like World War II oh, stuff. I know, that's always fascinating. At, um, I know you're not going there, but my I've been to Corpus Christi, and they have a decommissioned, um, um, oh, what do you call it, ship, naval ship. Air, air, uh, what am I trying to, why am I drawing a blank? They land the planes on them. Oh, 
aircraft. Uh, aircraft carrier. Yeah, aircraft yeah. carrier. Yeah, it's from World War II. I forget what that ship's name, but it's right there. And it's a museum. You can walk through it. They have Corpus Christi. I've done that. You know, my uh, brother-in-law and sister and their daughters are going to be... I wonder how they're doing because they go to Georgia for two weeks every year to visit Vince's grandma. And one of those weeks, they normally stay at Pensacola. Yeah, I know. We rode around on a boat with them and watched the Blue Angels practice. Oh, did you really last year? That was two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Huh. I've forgotten that. Yeah, he called us up and we drove over to Pensacola. And <laughs> I'll be darned. Yeah, they left the boat. Uh, yeah. yesterday. What is today? Friday? They left either Wednesday or Thursday. Well, to give old Vince a call. To head down there. This time you come to Navarre. We'll feed you. See new things. Yeah. Uh, Also, Quade Cummins. You know, we talked about Ryder all week. Right. And how well he played, obviously, on the golf course. What's what's Quade up to? Quade, he was inside the top 20 after round one. uh, Just a couple shots off the lead out in the Corn Ferry Tour uh, event at the TPC Colorado. We hadn't teed off yet today. He's in the he's in the second wave, tied twenty seventh, but still just four back. Shot three under par. He was five under, tied for the lead with three to go, and then he made a couple of bogeys coming in. Um, but still, uh, he's in a really good spot going into round number two. A good round today puts him in a great spot for the weekend, and he needs a he needs a good week. Ninety uh, first on the points list right now, which is outside. You got to be obviously everybody knows the top thirty get a PGA Tour card. Almost just as importantly, not you know, not quite, but close. Top seventy-five retain Corn Ferry Tour full exemption status there as well. Mm-hmm. So that's something that uh, I'm sure he's keeping his eye on. Um, just ninety-first, but a good finish. I will prop him up uh, right there. So hopefully he can continue to play well on the links today out in Colorado. So good stuff from the local guy. I mean, pretty uh, kind of a golden age of. High, 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 high level golf from Western Oklahoma kids, uh, starting with you know with Quade, then to Trace, who won the state am. What Ryder did this summer, and, and looking forward uh, to what he can do at OU. It's uh, pretty, pretty amazing uh, for you know this I forty towns here that over is the cool. last handful of years to to kind of to to grow those kids into what they become. Speaking of growing. Our man Scotty G can grow your wealth. Garrison Financial down there at 124 North Main Street. Scott's a full financial planner. Uh, he'll shop the open market and bring you the best value on your life insurance, on all of your investments. Uh, give him a shoot him an email. Scott at soonerwealth.com. As I mentioned, 124 North Main is his address. It's Garrison, Garrison Financial. This is a Garrison Financial Friday. When we come back, we'll wrap up Big 12 Media Day. Kind of some different uh, questions from around the conference. After hearing from everybody, did anything change? Did your thoughts change? Or are you just kind of ready to see what happens on the field? We'll discuss that next on the Garrison Financial Friday right here on the Skinny Young Sports. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. The skinny on sports. Did you know that? What's that? If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) It's very true. It's Garrison Financial Friday right here on the skinny on sports. 1240 AM, 98.1 FM. The sports animal. Big 12 Media Day wrapped up yesterday down at Jerry World in Arlington. The other half of the conference is there. Oklahoma was uh, one of those teams. 
what were your thoughts um, on what you saw, what you heard from uh, Brent Venables, not only at the podium but on a, a bunch of different uh, media outlets all throughout the day? Well, I know um, one of the questions is, you know, his comments about his defense. Uh, you know, and again, we knew going into this we were going to get a bunch of coach speak. So you can take that with a grain of salt. You know, they're not going to say, well, we're going to be okay. We're going to be – we might take a step back. But um, he seemed obviously, like he usually is, very confident in his defense. He acknowledged, uh, you know, the 6-7 and seven season last year. Um, but, he, you know, did say that he thought his defense going to be better. And my question or my reply would always be, well, how could it get any worse, <laughs> right? But it well, is. We a, thought we keep thinking that about OU's defense over the past yeah. handful of years, and it keeps getting worse. Right. But it is Brent Venables. Um, he's has a great track record of turning defenses of, around to being consistently good, top fifteen if not better, year in and year out. I'm not saying that they're going to have a top fifteen defense. That's not what I'm saying. I do believe that. I think they got the pieces to be good. So when he says that, I kind of believe that. Um, I think he kind of mentioned it up front. Am I mistaken? Where he thought that that could be an area where he could be, they could be better. I caught it in pieces. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> he used just a bunch of different phrases. Yeah. Competitive depth leads to better competitive stamina at the end of games. He kind of harped on losing in the fourth quarter last year, which close games uh, in a lot of those losses. <clears throat> outside of uh, what TCU had te- uh, in uh, Texas, every other game was a one-score game. And that did not go Oklahoma's way in the fourth quarter. So, you know, that, I guess that's one of those things that if you figure, though, you know, the year before, Oklahoma pulled how many games out of the fire? Mm-hmm. And then last year they, they didn't get any of those. So that it, it evened out from year to year. So now, you know, maybe you, you don't lose five one score games if you win your fair share of those then all of a sudden you know last year's nine and three and I don't think everybody is quite as worried but you know what else I don't think would have happened I don't think everybody would have actually took a full look in the mirror with the nine and three the same way they didn't after what the 10 and two or 11 and two from the year before you know, it, yeah. it, it, it's a, it's amazing how similar those two seasons really were being that spread out in win total from 11 down to six. But if you, the, the dirty secret going into last year was that Oklahoma wasn't an 11 and two team, Lincoln Riley's last year. They were bailed out by otherworldly plays by a quarterback that nobody had ever heard of. Nobody knew what he was until, you know, a long run in the Cotton Bowl cemented him into that job, right? Mm-hmm. But that, you know, <clears throat> that was really the truth of it. Was Oklahoma was way closer to nine and three both years than what their records ended up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, it's amazing that it worked out that way. Uh, but I, I do think that the that losing record and, and the the stigma that that carries, being the first one in a quarter century to have a losing record, first year as a head coach. I mean, that's got to make you take a a long, long, long look in the mirror, not only yourself but also the players and all that. And so, I think in a weird way, those games all going against Oklahoma last year might end up being a, a blessing in disguise for what's coming. But what I want to know is specifically. Sure, we all we all can say, golly, the defense can't be any worse, or you know they have to get better. It's Oklahoma. Surely they can't have the hundred and thirteenth ranked defense in the country again. But I don't, I, okay, and I I would more than likely agree with you. Doesn't seem possible to be that bad again. So then, specifically, why won't it be? You're asking me. Yeah. Um well, I like your theory on the secondary. I think he did hint that Bowen would get eventually a starting role. I don't think he'll be right out of the gate. I I still feel like up front in some capacity could be a, a strength of the defense too, maybe an anchor with McCullough coming in. 
down still there. Um, there's been other spots that have shined too in that area. But I mean, it ha- I, but it really does. I mean, let me let me backtrack. I think it really does start with the secondary. Yeah. See, because how many times <laughs> in the past have we seen quarter the the defense get pressure on the quarterback? Scrambling makes a throw connects because the secondary is nowhere to be found, 10 yards away from the ball. I think that could improve this year. Yeah. And again, it's second year under Venables. I mean, it has to improve. The understanding of his defensive scheme is, mm-hmm. is going to be more there than what it was a year ago. You got more, not all, but more Venables guys and less Riley guys. And that's not a knock on any Riley guys that are still there. So please don't start texting me, Weatherford people. I'm not ripping on downs for that. Okay, but here's my question. Once again, I mean, what was the biggest criticism of him last year? Who? Brent Venables. He was not a head coach. He okay, and then you, you yeah. listen to him with Jim, and they ask him specifically, are, are you going to be involved with the defense? He goes, oh, yeah, I'm going to be involved with calling the defense. No, you're not the damn defensive coordinator. <laughs> right. You're the head freaking coach. Let let your defensive coordinator make those calls, and you're the head coach if you want. Or to say, if you want to be the defensive coordinator, they'll hire a head coach. Right. Yeah. It's, I just got that text, and that's where I was going with this. Though I, I'm not convinced. I mean, he can say all he wants, and and maybe here's an idea: if he really can run practice, let Danny Stutzman do the calls. But it yeah. it it. Without seeing it, when you hear those answers or hear that answer, uh, you my mind immediately goes to, did he not learn anything? Mm. Did he just not learn a thing, or does he is he just too stubborn to change or, or realize that he needs to change? Because I think we can all agree that the way he went about being the head coach a year ago isn't sustainable long-term for success. And I would submit to you that as much as he wants to talk about the stamina of his players, a big reason why they were unable to get it done in the fourth quarters of some of those games is because he was calling the damn defense instead of being the head coach and managing the clock. So that that was... When he said that, I mean, I, I thought, oh, this is such a softball question. He's going to hit this out of the park. Oh, yeah, man, I learned to – nope. Yeah, I'm going to be over there calling. I'm going to help call the defense. No. I mean, it's got to make OU fans cringe immediately at that. But having said that, to me, though, he uh, the guy, the guy that I think can – if it turns around, there's one guy, and, it, and it's not only from a playing standpoint, it's from leadership, it's from getting everybody where they're supposed to be, and that is Stutzman. Man, when you look back, if you just go look back at that Florida State game, most people remember the running backs going crazy. I remember Stutzman being places that I'd never seen him be before. Flying around. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just everywhere. Mm -hmm. And if that's what you get with 15 extra practices between the end of the season to the bowl game, that massive improvement oh, yeah. in the understanding, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. If that's what you get in that small window of time, then it's got to make you think, whoa, now we got all spring, all summer, getting more comfortable with what he's supposed to be doing and, and playing instead of thinking. That I, I think that in and of itself, with some improved depth up front, uh, and obviously I think the secondary has the ability to be way better. No, we've talked that's all this. That's where it, man, That's but he's the heat to me. He is the guy. We've talked a lot this week about the OU defense, which is crazy. Because usually in the past, it's, well, let's talk about how great the offense is going to be, and we know what the defense is going to be. And now there's actually some positive thinking about the defense, how it could be better. Well, what about the offense? Is it going to be eh, enough to score enough points? I mean, would, do you not, would you agree that it was good enough last year? Statistically, yeah. I mean, the numbers were there. I mean, you're losing three. How many games did they lose by a field goal? Like three last, and two others within a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Or four and one other within a touchdown. Because Kansas State was a touchdown. Tech was a field goal. Baylor was a field goal. West Virginia was it a field goal? And then there was one more. 
Anyway, there's five within one school. In Florida State? Yeah, Florida State. That was it. There you go. But they scored enough. I've always said, and that was my rip on the the, the Riley years. Was Hell, the, the end of Bob the, was the same way. Yeah, they're scoring enough. That if you score an X amount of points, if you're scoring into – If you score 30 points, 30 you shouldn't points, lose. You should be winning the game. Or you sh- – you darn sure shouldn't lose like two right. of those a year. Right. Which was kind of commonplace around here. So the, it was, I'll say, so we agree it was good last year. Will it be good this year? I mean, obviously, Gabriel's back. If natural progression of things, is he going to be better? Uh, you got Stoops, who is just a, a solid pass catcher, good route runner, not a big guy, but can run routes. Farouk's back. We've mentioned the running backs. My question is the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, maybe tight end. It, it that's the tight end. Got, got depth at tight end is a huge concern because we just never seen any of those young guys play. Yeah, I mean, I, in, until Oklahoma's offense isn't good and some level of good, then how in the world would I ever say it wouldn't be? Mm-hmm. I, I do think Gabriel. Another year, I, I think we probably underrated the jump that he had to make from UCF to Oklahoma as far as the speed of things around him and being able to <clears throat> to get more comfortable in that. I mean, even him, I, I think you saw that that guy imp- definitely improve and get. So, one thing that I do believe that's available to this offense this year that was not last year. And we saw it was not in the Cotton Bowl because of, I mean, Braden Willis is the best quarterback on the team that day, and he was a damn tight end. But one thing that I think is going to be available to this offense this year because of Jackson Arnold is a little bit of quarterback run game. And and if you've watched Levy's offenses in the past, I mean, no one has been as good of offensive coordinator as far as the numbers, Lincoln Riley included, as Jeff Levy. When you go back from to from Central Florida to Ole Miss, you know the the amount of top five offenses that he's had country in the country is unsurpassed. But he's always had that element of quarterback run game that was taken away from him last year because there was zero, less than zero depth at the quarterback spot, and I think that's something that they may be able to unlock a little bit this season. Yeah, that makes everything else so much easier. Mm-hmm. I do think um, receiver is a concern until you see it. Stoops and Farouk have proven they can make plays. Nobody else has. There's talent there. It's just un- unearthed talent. So for me, and then those running backs, you know, obviously offensive line is a big part of that. But the running backs look all world, at least in the one game we saw Sawchuck. And, and Barnes was effective at, at worst last year. So until OU's offense – is causing them to lose games, you know? Yeah. Until that happens, then I'm going to be, you know, thinking in my mind, okay, they're good enough. Correct. Who's, who's the best player in the league? Best player in the league. Your mind immediately goes to the contenders in the league. I, I don't want to say Ewers. I don't think that's right. I think this is a trick question. I think you're going to tell me it's a name I've never heard of and it's somebody on the Kansas State offensive line. Well, Connor <laughs> Beebe is certainly up there I, on the I, Kansas I State offensive line. I would be to say maybe worthy if he can get better than last year because we've seen what he did his freshman year. I mean, we look at skill – when you go to best player in anything in the, in, in the league like this, you immediately go to skill position. But there's no one that just screams, I'm the best player. I mean, Daniels, sure, from Kansas. But did we just see – did we get enough of an offering from him to understand – to think that he is the best player in the league? Did you see his – Before his injury? Did you happen to see his necklace down there? Yeah, how humble is that guy, right? That was awesome. You know you know good and well he's not the one that thought of that. I mean, that's got to be some sort of NIL perk. But it was playing his highlights – like an Apple Watch, that was sweet. You know who I would say it is? Who is it? It, it? With the caveat that his coaches actually let him play enough. Colin Oliver. 
I think we saw as a freshman that he was as disruptive as anybody rushing the passer. And then last year it felt like he it felt like the the system or the staff or whatever kind of took his abilities away in a lot of and he only played like 30 plays a game. I mean that's so stupid. I mean there's there's no doubt in my mind that if he would have been used properly a year ago, he would be the preseason Big 12 defensive player of the year. That's the track, yeah. you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. the track that he was really on. And so now with with the new defensive scheme up there in Stillwater, letting him be more of an outside linebacker out in space or rushing the pass, you know, just it seems like he's going to kind of have free the freedom to do about anything. And that and to me, the freshman year you saw he can do about anything on the football field. I think when when all is said and done and and we get to the end of the season, I think people, I, I think there's going to be an an immense amount of criticism laid toward Derek Mason and Gundy that and that defensive staff from last year when they're going. My goodness, what were you guys thinking? Not having this guy out on the field like he should have been, and I, I, I just the 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 I think there was a real concern that he was going to follow not necessarily to OU but to follow Trace Ford out the door in the transfer portal until the hire was made. And he even kind of alluded to it. Uh, the, the reason I'm here is because I believe in what the, the goal is now. Mm-hmm. He, and he kind of used the word now. So it's me to leave he wasn't. And as he shouldn't be, the dude is unbelievable player. And I think we're about to see his potential unlocked with the change in defensive defensive scheme and letting his athletic ability and his his um, his instincts to be a football player really roam all across the field. Uh, back to you looking past this year, they got a big recruit le- uh, yesterday, Jaden Jackson um, from uh, IMG. IMG Academy. Defensive line. By the way, a teammate of David Stone. Well, anybody – listen, <clears throat> I was going to bring this up too. I have said right here multiple times that if this staff cannot get David Stone to be an Oklahoma Sooner, then there was something massively, massively wrong. <clears throat> the kid has grew up a Sooner fan. Yes, he's at IMG, but he always come, He still calls Oklahoma home. If they couldn't close the deal with him, then there is really something wrong. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, even though it's not official – official I will be just woke up with my head sewn to the carpet shocked if this isn't our if this isn't the bat sign that David Stone is a sooner they've made it I guess they I haven't seen any I don't have any receipts for this but I've been told that they have made it clear they want to play together yeah I mean they play so, right next to each other on the defensive line yeah. at, at IMG uh, a lot of people believed that Jaden Jackson just a couple of days ago was a Texas lean so what changed? Well, is is the NIL kicking in at Oklahoma? Or is it Stone, David Stone said, yeah. bud, come with me? Right. Which also leads to Will Nwery, uh Nigel Smith, uh, McKinley. Jackson's tweet is very encouraging if you're no U fan. Did you see Wyatt Gilmore's tweet? No. He was the first defensive line commit, and he said something about power line 24. Sure, yeah. And it had a bunch of guys blacked out. Yep. Then he fired a tweet yesterday with one of them in, and it was Jaden Jackson. There's still a bunch of guys in the background blacked out. It's like they're planning something here. It's just good signs. Been a good recruiting week, week and a half for OU. Yeah. uh, Davion Mitchell, the the tight end that was five-star in the 25 class. He reclassified to 24. (laughs) People freaking out like it's still a good tight end. I'm going to make a prediction right now, Jared. What's that? About Davion Mitchell. What you got? So right now in the state of Oklahoma – there are two D1 tight end prospects at Washington on the same team. Oh, really? One of which is a Sooner legacy, Cooper Alexander, whose dad is Steven Alexander that played tight end at Oklahoma. And then there's uh, there's uh, Nate Roberts, who committed to Notre Dame. 
This so reminds me, and it's going to remind me in a couple of years, if one of those two guys is good, uh, I think Alexander was kind of talking about maybe Iowa State uh, being his already, locale. Did he end up committing? He already committed. Okay, and then Iowa Notre State. Dame is where Nate Roberts went. It's going to remind me so much, especially if it's Cooper Alexander at Iowa State, of, Cho- uh, of Charlie Kolar. Hmm. And people being – but but here's here's the thing. Just as it was back then, would anybody have traded – at the time, as they were getting going, would you have traded Grant Calcaterra for Charlie Kolar? No. I wouldn't have either. And then Stogner, the way he started, and before the, you know, injuries is what made, and Charlie Kolar is a great player, don't get me wrong, but the injuries to those two guys that Oklahoma did take made it look even more ridiculous that they didn't take Kolar. I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction that uh, there's going to be similar, not, not that Davion Mitchell is going to get hurt, I'm not saying that, but there's going to be a reason why they took him over them. Mm-hmm. All right. Totally so, agree. Anyhow, good stuff. Big 12 Media Days. All right, let's take a break. Let's finish it up with this. After you've heard from everybody, after you've seen everybody, their body language, what they had to say down there in Arlington, who's too low and who's too high? Or is everybody just, are you just waiting to see? We'll talk about that wrapping up a Garrison Financial Friday next right here on the Sports Animal. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Wrapping up the week on a Garrison Financial Friday. Scott at SoonerWealth.com is uh, Scotty G's email address to get a hold of him. Go down to 124 North Main right here in Elk City. That's his office. You know, if you're one of those people that like to kind of manage your stuff, but you're just not sure how to get started, he can charge you hourly, build you a plan that then you can go ahead and manage and, and kind of do what you'd like uh, with that money. He can manage your investments for you overall. And he's really, really good working with your accountant to be able to streamline all the tax ramifications, all the different returns that need to be filed, uh, more than willing and able uh, to work with those folks that are on your side as well. Scott at SoonerWealth.com, 124 North Main, the Scarison Financial. This is a Garrison Financial Friday. Got distracted. I know. Okay, so when you look at the Big 12 media poll, who's too high? Well, kind of a rehash of when we did this. Um, I think after hearing some stuff, the stuff that you point off pointed out to me off air, I could kind of answer these both questions with one answer I would actually flip TCU and Tech TCU's at 5 Tech at 4 I'd almost be comfortable just switching those it's kind of a safe answer but so Tech might be a little too high for me yeah I wonder Tech at 4 I thought was pretty interesting because I think a lot of people coming out of last year liked what they did but what the is the only is is the is the difference between Tech at four and Kansas at nine their name, or is Tech just getting a huge benefit of the doubt, even though they were similar, but Tech did beat OU, Tech did beat Can uh, beat uh, Texas last year. I think a lot of that goes into that. Is what did you do last year? 
and name. Yeah, and, and you know, Kansas just wasn't able to get over the hump in, in that real signature win, right? I mean, they won, they made it to a bowl. It was a fun game against Arkansas. But you kind of saw what they were. Yeah, this is good, but you can't quite get over, you know, can't quite win those games. Mm-hmm. Whereas Tech beat the two giants in name for sure of the conference. I wonder if that's why that, that discrepancy is so massive there between those two teams. But with TCU, though, I don't know if Chandler Morris is the guy, you know. I mean, I know he was QB1 before he got hurt and, and the rest is history, but from what you told me, Dykes is pretty pretty confident with what he has coming around him, skill player-wise. They were helped out immensely in the portal, like you said, and they got some they got some dogs. So that I, I just that doesn't tell me that they're number five. That should be four, maybe even three. If you if listen, they are truly, yes. truly as good as as Dykes thinks they are as compared to last year, I mean that's pretty dang good. If you listen to somebody and and were influenced by what the coach said, TCU would be the team that you think is too low. Mm-hmm. Knowing what they did a year ago and just listening to what Sonny Dykes had to say about his team, and, and man, if, if, that, if that was the only thing you would base it on, like you know, moving people up and down is what you heard this week, that is one it's like whoa i mean when he said that uh to mark and kale i just kind of went huh are you kidding me somebody tell him he played for the national championship last year at tcu the chandler morris thing is super interesting we didn't really see much of him here other than a run or two you know what i mean we, not enough to form any sort of opinion yeah. on what he might or might not be riley brought him in wrinkle plays but yeah can't really get a, we don't really understand how good he was. Or. No, we don't have any idea how good he is. But the fact that he beat out the Heisman runner-up, it's got to make you think something, right? It, yeah, exactly. Either Sonny Dykes is as good a prognosticator at the quarterback spot as Mike Gundy, which is not very good, and – circumstances help him out as they have a couple of times down up in Stillwater or man this Chandler Morris guy must be pretty good the one thing that should give you or, pause or did Dykes just get lucky well that's what I'm saying Gundy's got lucky a bunch yeah, of times right because it's like he picked this guy over that guy what the heck like, is he even watching I mean, practice is it the equivalent of that golf shot you talked about earlier in the week oh yeah and then, KJ's and, golf and then, shot and then saying Oh, I meant to do that. I don't know. I mean, that's well. Here's the deal. That's that's the one thing about TCU. If it's not, if it wasn't pure luck, and TCU started a better quarterback at the first of the year than what they ended up with, then I promise you they're way too low. Exactly. They need to be one. Yeah, exactly. If that's the case, and so I mean, it's it's hard. I mean, if you pay attention to this stuff like we do. And, and listen to what they say and try to get some sort of read on. Sonny Dykes was by far the one where he went, whoa, that guy's pretty confident in what he's got back. And and then you put that back with what they did a year ago. Like, man, it, it's, yeah. it's, it, it, it's not what we're supposed to say because this is, you know, it's not what why a show like this exists. But – and I, th- I get the sense of this from a lot of people. If you just listen to, no one really knows what, no one really has a feel for anybody in the Big 12. I mean, if there was ever a, well, gosh, I just want to see a first couple of games to really start to form an opinion, it's this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there anybody out there listening that is 100% confident that Texas is going to win the league? I don't get the sense that there is, even from Texas fans. I mean, four or five years ago, when we saw this poll and you ask any OU fan, they they would have said, Big 12, we're talking about the national championship here. We're not talking about the Big Big 12. Yeah, all right, put it up. <laughs> yeah. 
Put it on the put it on the the, the press box at Owen Field. Yeah, you can mark that. I, I don't get the sense that anybody's doing that this year, whatsoever. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just and so when that happens, it becomes it, it really does become a crapshoot. And are we destined for another year? where the fourth and the eighth pick teams are playing in Arlington. And it wouldn't surprise me. And you know what's you know what's interesting? Since the Big 12 title game came back in 2017, the first one with OU and TCU. Every single year since there's been a new participant in the game. See what I'm saying? Mhm. OU TCU, OU Texas, OU Baylor, OU Iowa State, OSU Baylor, Kansas State TCU. So if that trend continues, I would say that bodes well for Tech. Or one of the newcomers. Or Kansas, I guess. Kansas, yeah. I don't know. It just seems like... Of all the years of the Big 12, this is one of the ones that is just such an a toss-up in my mind. Just a complete toss-up. I mean, is it out of the realm of your in your mind? They're picked 11th. Is it out of the realm of possibility for you that, to see BYU and that game in November with Oklahoma going out there really mattering? I can, oh, I can see that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Exactly what I'm saying. You know, Iowa State's kind of been the darlings. I mean, now they're back in their familiar spot toward the bottom of the conference. Is that, you know, everybody not – that offense was so bad, it's hard to give them much credit, but that defense is still really good year in and year out. I think it's funny that three out of the four newcomers in the league are 11 or lower. Well, and but there's like, but then there's Central Florida who people say, oh, they might be all right. Well, they're at eight. And there's always that, well, they got to get used to the conference. This is a new conference and all that stuff. What? Just to say the conference has to get used to them. And I'm, I'm really pointing out BYU. You know, they're a different brand. I mean, it's a different breed because of the two year mission trip they go on. They come back. We've talked about this, but there they are at 11. That's where. I think some teams could get snake bit by going to Provo, OU included. I mean, especially if it's a night game, that place can get pretty crazy. Even in Mormon country, I've seen some games over there on TV, you know, and it it impresses me like the atmosphere that they can produce. And then again, everything I said about you know they're just a couple years older. So at eleven, I guess that's another one I'm looking at is BYU. Are they better than 11? Could they be? Potentially, sure. Same thing about Central Florida. That place over there is pretty crazy. They count, what, the bounce house? So, yeah, they got to get used to the Big 12, but the Big 12 better get ready for them, too. That's all I'm saying. No. I'm not scared of Cincinnati or Houston. There's, It's just... I feel we, like we, they're in transition. Yeah. And Oklahoma, you know, I think it's a big reason why... I, a lot of people think Oklahoma bounces back with a pretty good season. It's not necessarily because of how good they might have might be or how much improved they might be. The schedule is one of the easiest, if not the easiest looking schedules in the history of the school. And I think Oklahoma State is in that same boat. Oklahoma State's schedule could be way, way harder than what it looks like. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they avoid TCU. They avoid Texas. They avoid Tech. And get all four newcomers. And K-State's at home. And OU's at home. BYU's at home. You look at that road schedule. At Iowa State, sure. At West Virginia, meh. At UCF, meh. At Houston, meh. I mean, everybody in the league would take that road schedule right now and run with it. Mm -hmm. So, I think both schools 
if they're somewhat what they have become accustomed to being, ought to be in the top half of this league, if not the top three or four. And, you know, all of a sudden, November the 4th looks a lot more important than maybe it did a couple weeks ago. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for uh, us. I'll be back Thursday. Jared will be back a week from Monday. It's been the Skinny on Sports on a Garrison Financial Friday. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Good.